Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Frozen Four podcast brought to you by NHL News Updates. We got a jam packed show for you guys, breaking down some teams and what they have done so far this offseason. I'm your host, Luke. I got my three guys with me, Josh, Steve, and Stack. Stack, how are you doing today? Uh, well, I really can't complain. Uh, things are going great here in Leafland, uh, at least for me. Um, Twitter, of course, is having a freak out again. Uh, thanks, Svechnikov, and thanks, Darren Ferris, you fucking asshole. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Um, done with work, been done with work for a week, so my mental health is back uh, for the most part. Um, been working out pretty consistently for a couple days now, so it's trying to get back into the groove, keep it going, but yeah, not a whole lot of complaints over here. Uh, Steve, how are you doing? Uh, about that. Everything's just a fuster clock right now because, you know, I'm moving next week. So half the house is packed and the other half, we're not sure if it's the owners of the house or my stuff or my parents' stuff that they gave me or Laura's stuff. There is so much shit in this house and I just want to get the hell out of here. But I, I have a nice uh, announcement during closing time. So uh, nothing major, just something really fun in addition to the Stavursky household. And uh, something my dad won't really approve of, but tough. Josh, how are you? A little concerned for you after hearing the end of that sentence, but I guess we'll find Steve's out. Steve's pregnant. <laughs> Yay, I'm going to be an aunt. No, I'm just kidding. That's not how that works. Um, I don't anyway. think so, Tim. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm doing pretty good. Um, just having a good few weeks here. I uh, found out on Monday that I had strep throat. But as you can tell, my throat is fine. I have antibiotics in my system, and I am feeling better than ever. Um, was a little scared it was COVID at first. Um, had 102 fever on Tuesday, so that was fun. Um, but other than that, I'm feeling good. Uh, like I said, antibiotics in my system. So don't worry everyone out there. I'm not contagious. It's not COVID. Everything's fine. Um, I'm excited for this show. Luke, how are you? Oh, like always, I'm just living the dream. Uh, work has been stressful as ever. And, uh, I actually will, uh, be gone for the next week after recording this, because of going to the honor guard academy so that'll be fun and exciting and i'll be level one qualified so that that i got something going for me i guess i have no i don't want to go but the whole point of this show is we want to talk some hockey and we're going to get right into that and before we do i do want to say this to start out um our deepest condolences go out to the family of jimmy hayes um, as he passed away all of a sudden at the age of 31, um, it's, it's rough to see and you, you just don't like to see it. He retired what, last season, I believe, officially from the NHL and obviously his brother Kevin's still playing and the amount of support him and his family have gotten um, has been unreal. So our hearts and our prayers and condolences go out to him as well as the uh, Kiv Lennox family, as it, has, it is his birthday today that we were recording, 826. Um, so, again, condolences still got to him, and happy birthday to him up in wherever he is right now. But also, 
Elvis Merzlikens' son was um, Elvis Merzlikens' wife delivered a healthy baby a few days ago. I think it might actually be a week ago at this point now. His middle name is Matisse, so that's pretty cool. Um, just continuing that whole just bond those two had. It's it's awesome. Definitely love to see it. But that being said, I want to jump into now and Unsung Hero that helped out someone who was going through a lot of medical issues over the past year. As we know, um, draft pick from last season to the Minnesota Wild, Marco Rossi, had a lot of complications when he came down with COVID. And this is what his father said on, I believe, Twitter or to some news outpost. I'm not sure where he said it, but he said this. It was The Athletic. Yep. So this is what he said. He said, helplessly across a big blue ocean from his parents, it was Vanek who took care of Rossi when he was diagnosed with a heart condition that doctors told Rossi was potentially one game from turning catastrophic. It was Vanek who accompanied Rossi to daily doctor's appointments that sometimes lasted eight hours over a three-week span. It was Vanek who continually called Rossi's parents to update them and to reassure them. It was a hard time for Marco and for us being so far from the situation, and Thomas was like a second dad, Michael Rossi said. He was always phoning us and telling us everything is good when we were very, very down and very, very worried. I cannot thank Thomas enough. He's just a very nice guy and has a very nice family. Thomas and Thomas's wife and kids were supporting Marco so hard. So I know we've talked about Thomas Vanek on this show before. Um, we all loved him from all his time playing as an elite player for the Buffalo Sabres. And he's he, just a good guy. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, that's just an awesome, good story to see. Um, I actually, I didn't know he was still living in America. I thought he moved back home to Austria, but it's cool that he's still living in Minnesota, and it's awesome that he was able to help out Rossi like that. Um, I, just a quick side story: me and my buddies, we have a group chat. The buddies I made that rink with, and every time we see something good in the hockey world, we change it to insert player name here, fan club. So for a while it was Ryan Miller fan club when he retired and now it's the Thomas Vanek fan club and the picture is Thomas Vanek. And I don't know. It's just a little funny aside, but no, just an awesome story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Vanek showing once again, that even though we loved him when he was here, uh, definitely didn't appreciate him enough as a human being outside of the rink. And he's just proven because th this was a year ago. Like, he he did this because he saw someone in need, his countrymen, they're both Austrian. So he saw his countrymen in trouble, a young kid with a lot of pressure on him being a high draft pick and, you know, just going the extra mile to make sure that he's okay going through an incredibly tough time away from his family and during a pandemic, which add that isolation on top of everything else and just amazing what he could do probably changed his life yeah and aside from all the pressure rossi was definitely under it's a lot of potential there with him just as a player as a person and i have no doubt in my mind that the kindness that vanek displayed to him and his family is going to rub off on him he's obviously going to remember this for the rest of his life but i mean yeah when i think of the savers from my childhood I think of Vanek, I think of Miller, I think of Tyler Ennis, and I mean, I don't know if this is really a reflection of the Sabres organization, but Vanek is one of the good ones. 
Oh yeah, it should be. That should be what our organization shows. That, it doesn't. <laughs> the last thing I want to say is like the biggest thing for me about this is the that first part when it was he would he would be there with him for eight hours, eight hours just sitting in the doctor's office waiting for him, being there by his side and just being that father figure for him because his family was across the across the water like overseas back in this home country and they weren't able to be there with him especially because of covid and like for no not 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 to say for no reason but like he doesn't have like he's not a relative he he doesn't really have any connection with him other than just being a good person and being from the same country Yeah. yeah so that's just it's just so cool. Thomas Vanek for Nobel Peace Prize. I'm putting it out there right now. We're gonna start. We're gonna start the uh, the hashtag on Twitter. All right. Well, while you try that, we're gonna dive into what we want to talk about this week, and we're gonna jump. We're gonna go south. We're gonna talk about some of these southern teams and what they've been doing this off season. And one of the first stops as you head further south than even Virginia is Carolina, and that's the Carolina Hurricanes, and what the hell they have done this offseason. Honestly, it's not that they haven't done a lot, but they haven't really gone out and made, like, a big splash or two. Like, yes, they just today, as we're recording on the 26th of August, they re-signed Andrei Sveshnikov um, to eight years, $7.75 million. Um, he had 55 games played and 42 points with 15 goals last season and in the playoffs, 11 games and eight points with two goals. So obviously I think this contract is going to be a steal in about uh, maybe like three years, four years. Um, but I mean, Svechnikov, he's just a star, like a budding star. He's going to be an amazing player for years to come. And like, this is a very good value contract. And as Stack said, like the Marner thing. I mean, I don't know if you want to chime in here, buddy, but I know you were pretty pissed off about that earlier in the day. I mean, I think I covered most of this on my Leafs episode, but uh, it's like I said in the group chat earlier, I'm, I thought about it and I thought about Mitch Marner and I started twitching. Um, <laughs> it's just, so there's exact, there's two sides to this. It's either. Well, Toronto's management could have never accounted when they signed that deal, when they offered him that deal for a global pandemic that would crush the world for it's going to probably look like two years at this point, at least. And besides crush the world and crush the economies of the world and through that crushing the NHL's cap structure for at least the next half decade, probably decade. Hopefully, you know, the TV deals and whatever will help to alleviate that. But just so it's either that or besides that, they signed him to less term and more money. Sveshnikov, who is not as good as Mitch Marner, let's be honest. Mitch Marner would have hit over 100 points this year if they were in a regular season. And I mean... They, they got Marner for less term and more money. They got a player who's not as good, but close and could be as good maybe after this year. Who knows? But they got a they got him for less money and more term. And 
you know, the comparisons of, oh, the big twos across the league. You know, McDavid and Drysaddle making, uh, what is it, $21 million? Something like that. Uh, McDavid makes 12 and a half. I want to say Drysaddle's like nine and a half. So, yeah, 21 million. I think Drysaddle's actually eight and a half. Might be eight and a half. Eight or that, eight and a half. That sounds more right. It's eight and a half. But, Which but makes yeah, 21 million. I mean, Carolina then, is now locked up Aho and Sveshnikov for the long term. And those yeah. two guys are going to be absolutely for, key to their future. And this contract is going to, like Josh said, it's going to look like a steal. And I saw some on Twitter comparing it to Pasternak's contract because when you make a bet on your young guy that they're going to grow into the contract, this is the time and this is the term you want to sign them to. So hats off to Carolina for having the foresight to not get burned like a Sabres did with one of their players we're going to talk about later um, with uh, trying to do bridge deals all the time. Sometimes you sometimes you got to go for it, and this was the time to go for it. Yeah, so moving on down the list of their – well, now I guess we'll move into their additions. So they went out and they got themselves a couple of goalies because they let go of a couple of goalies, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, they signed Frederick Anderson, a former Leafs legend, to a two-year $4.5 million per deal, and goalie Antti Ranta for a two-year $2 million deal, $2 million per. Um, they also went out and they signed defenseman Ian Cole for one year, $2.9 million. Um, so they went out and they got their goalies. That's what they needed. Um, as I said, they let go of Peter Mrazek and Alex Nedeljkovic. Um, so they went out and they did what they needed to do. I mean, they're two older goalies. I don't know how you guys are feeling about it. I don't think they're exactly who they need and their defense did get weaker. Um, so this could be a little dicey for them, I think. Yeah. For the defense getting weaker, you're referring to uh, Dougie Hamilton signing the massive deal with New Jersey. Yes. Yeah. So he's off their blue line, which is a big hole, but they, and they lost Hayden Flurry in the expansion draft. So a couple couple holes there but they've been so good at drafting and developing defensemen that they have they are they still have a very good uh decor there starting with their top two of pesci and uh thank you my goodness yeah and so going back to their goalie additions a little bit um they're adding to their leafs legends in jake gardner and josh levo with Frederick Anderson and two of those guys are notorious for being Maple Leaf playoff failure scapegoats uh, for obvious reason, mostly because they were, but <laughs> um, I, I love Freddie. Uh, he's going to lay it all out there for him. I mean, that's what he did this season. He just did an interview today. I saw it online and he said, this season he was mostly playing through injury, which in hindsight wasn't smart, but he is a guy who's going to lay it all out there. And he did lay it all out there for his five years in Toronto. I mean, two or three of those five years, he put up Vesna like numbers for significant stretches. If they can, you know, get him some help and they have great goalie coaches, they can probably rehab him into something that's Vesna caliber again. Yeah, the uh, the goalie carousel here is definitely the most interesting part of their offseason 
because as we've noted, uh, Mrazek signed with Toronto and then Carolina signed Anderson. So basically they swapped them one for one. That's kind of nice. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. And then they traded, I, I'm blank, uh, Nadelkovich, yep. who was a Calder finalist last year to Detroit for peanuts. As in what? I think it was uh, not not Reimer. Who, Bernier. Uh, Bernier didn't sign. Yeah. <laughs> so it just abs- and signed for less than both their goalies got. It's weird. So weird. Oh, but where hey, did, they got a third round pick. Where did Bernier sign again? I don't know uh, where Bernier signed, but it I wasn't with uh, Carolina. He? New Jersey. Oh, he's going to fit right in there. He signed oh, for new. Fuck. He signed with New Jersey for two years, four point one per. Wow! Well, per year? Wow. Yeah! Wow! <laughs> wow! Wait, that is I gotta, aggressive. I have to double check what? this. Hold yeah, on. D- double double yeah. check. Yeah, yeah. Please. Two years, four point one per. No, Jonathan Bernier. I'm dead serious. Martin Brodeur is the one that recruited Bernier to the Devils. So. Oh, no, no. This is the man who had last year a 24-game span and uh, 2.99 goals against in a .914 save percentage. Okay. Grant, granted, being on a very bad Detroit team. No, last year they weren't as they bad. Were, they were exactly. bad, Josh. They were bad. They were, they were bad in a bad division, too. Yeah. But – Bernier has always been a guy. It seems like he plays up to his competition, but he also plays down to his competition. So when he's really good, he's really good. When he's really bad, he's really bad. He's good enough to lose the game for you. Exactly. Freddie Anderson is that, but only more so. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So moving on from the goaltender chaos, uh, there's one very. Not not a huge trade, but a significant trade where Carolina traded Warren Fogle, who is a restricted free agent forward, to Edmonton for right-handed shot defenseman Ethan Bear. He's right-handed shot, right? Yeah. I believe so, yes. Okay. So, yeah. So, they ended up trading uh, the guy who's most notable for having a fake ID that only had one name, and it was McLovin for a bear so just also okay bring on the booze bring on the booze they mean nothing to me i've seen what makes you cheer well that's why you sent that earlier in the group chat (laughs) um with that too um it just says mclovin i i like that deal for edmonton honestly because warren fogel well from Edmonton's standpoint, they need as many guys who can play with McDavid as they can. And Fogel's been a guy who can play with their skill guys for a while. He's and, like a Zach Hyman, but left-handed, basically. And, and, and there, they're and, on the same team. Younger. And, yeah. <laughs> and Ethan Bear wasn't in Edmonton's plans for their right-handed shot. For whatever reason. Yeah, which, exactly. But now they have Bouchard. They have a spot for Evan Bouchard, who's supposed to be highly touted. More so and, than Ethan Bear. Yeah, the only Fogel, thing Bouchard that, is nasty. He yeah. is one hell of a player. And honestly, I think this deal works for both sides just because Fogel is going to get 
a bigger role in Edmonton, and I think he's going to thrive. His underlying numbers are fantastic, as far as I know. I could be wrong, uh, but that's what I've heard. And then Ethan Bear, he's a very solid defenseman, and that's what Carolina has made their name on. Uh, Other than Hamilton, who's kind of the more flashy offensive defenseman, they've been relying on guys like Pesci and Slavin, who, while very good, don't get the accolades that someone like a Hamilton would. And Ethan Bear kind of fits that mold. And especially with uh, Rob Brendamore as coach, he likes guys like that. Yeah. Um, one last thing on Ethan Bear. I hope he beats the fucking brakes off of Tony D'Angelo. Yes. I, I hope, want I hope it to happen so fucking bad. <laughs> Because, I mean, living in Niagara Falls region, living in Western New York in general, we're on Native American land, let's face it. No no politics about it. It was Native American land. And I've always had an immense respect for Natives. I worked with some at Fort Niagara when I worked there. Great people. And it's been known. I mean, Tony D'Angelo used racial slurs in the OHL. His dad said in an interview that it was coming around the house for them to use racial slurs. So I'm just hoping one day Ethan Bear just beats the fuck out of him. It'd be it'd be tension tensions can get high at practice. We're doing contact at practice today, boys. Um one final note. No, Uh, he's gotta run the gauntlet. It's when everyone lines up on the boards about three feet from the boards and you have to skate along the boards through it. Uh, one final no note, one Warren Fogle, he uh, signed with Edmonton for three years, 2.75 per. That's so, a great deal. Yeah, that's a great deal. Everyone worked out in this one, I think. Yeah, he's a, he's a middle six forward who is probably going to be playing second line minutes there and gives them some forward flexibility that they haven't had before. So just before we get out of Carolina and continue our journey south, let's run down and see what we think our lines are going to look like here in Carolina. I believe Steve has that for us. Yeah, so how we put this together is we discussed it briefly, and then I told you guys at certain points to F off and made my own choices. So uh, this is probably... Probably 45% me, and the rest of you guys can split the other 65-55. Numbers are hard. Hey, I need my calculator in Excel. So. <laughs> You're the accountant. What? Yeah, doing and my I'm, ac- I'm accounting you to shut the fuck up. Anyways, uh, all right. So we got for the first line, we've got uh, Sebastian Ajo between left wing Svechnikov who just re-signed, and uh, Tuvo Teravainen. I probably butchered his first name. Whatever. Great player. Uh, Chicago draft pick. Uh, second line, we've got Stahl between Nino Niederreiter and Martin Nikas. Uh, third line, we've got uh, Vinny Trocek between left wing uh, Marinuk and Jesper Faust on the right. And Martin, the fourth Martin. line, since we're not super... Uh, familiar with these guys we did a little research but you know local guys would know better we got Derek Stepan who might be replaced by a younger player because he's not very good and uh right wing Lorenz left wing uh Stacko wanted 
uh, Levo here for a Leafs guy, but I said, uh, fuck that. I put in CJ Smith, uh, Sabres legend. I think he's going to do well in a, uh, in a different situation. Defense, uh, Slavin and Pesci, Brady Shea and Ethan Bear, Jake Gardner and Ian Cole, goaltenders Freddie Anderson and Ranta before he gets hurt. Yeah. Stack, I think you have a rebuttal there. Before which one gets hurt. Um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> I have two things. Um, firstly, I don't know if Stahl or Natchez will play second line center. It probably will be Stahl, though, but Nietzsche's is really rising fast. That's where we were stuck on, too. I, I was watching his playoff performance, and by God, he was otherworldly last year. It would He's be awesome. smart for them to try him out at center if they've got him signed long-term. Also, or just, you know, if someone goes down, Trocek's been injury-prone recently, and maybe you slide J- uh, Jordan Stahl to the third-line role have him be a more defensive presence, being an old veteran and their captain, and then give Nikos one of their uh, young guns on his wing and just see what happens. Yeah, Stahl's like his insulator right now, pretty much. Right. My second thing was I remembered why I wanted Levo, besides the fact that he's probably, I don't know if he's better, but he's put up numbers in different places pretty well when he's utilized correctly. Um, CJ Smith, I remembered why when I heard that name, I thought it was funny. 2017, I was at the Key Bank Center watching the Leafs versus the Sabres. William Nylander makes a dish pass between the legs of some poor motherfucker and then slides a puck cross ice through the offensive zone in the offensive zone. To Austin Matthews, scores his 38th goal, rookie record for the Leafs. That poor motherfucker was C.J. Smith. (laughs) I was in the building, and I watched C.J. Smith get absolutely destroyed by William Nylander. That's fantastic. That is not a fair comparison, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a fair matchup. (laughs) Fair. But, but yeah, so. Michael was on the ice, too, for that. So unreal, but <laughs> yeah. So, so those are our mock lines. I'm, I'm sure they'll have a little change, but let's see who else we're uh, previewing on this episode. Luke. Yep. Like I said, we are continuing our journey South really going along that Southern East coast. And with that, our next stop is Tampa Bay in Florida. And you know, the team that we've, had a lot of hate on, you know, they're still 6 million over the cap. So how they made these moves, who the fuck knows, but you know, they made these moves. So I, I can't even get into it. I, I, I don't care enough. I hate that they're still over the cap. Yeah. The cap, so, the uh, cap give us the rundown. The I know, but still <laughs> they're not going to be under it by the time the season starts. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, here are more guidelines and not I, actual rules. <laughs> I have a theory and I'll get to it in a minute, but first we're going to start out. I, I neglected to say the cap hit and cap space of Carolina. Carolina is currently at a $76 million cap hit with 4.5 million in cap space. Now that they've signed Sveshnikov. 
Anyway, back to Tampa Bay. So, as Luke said, Tampa Bay is $6 million over the cap with a current cap hit of $88.3 million. Holy shit. Um, mind you, the cap is $81.5 million. Um, thank God they didn't have to sign. They don't have to sign anyone else. I mean, they could go out and sign someone else, but why would you? Um, the people that they did sign, the biggest ones in free agency, which I think these might have been the only ones in free agency. Um, Corey Perry, they signed him to a two-year, $1 million per deal. Uh, they brought back Zach Bogosian, uh, three years, 850K per. Um, great deal for our, our old broken Buffalo friend. Um, and then they signed Brian Elliott to a one-year, 900K deal because they need a backup goalie because if Vasilevsky just needs a break for like a period or two, um, Elliott can go in and then Vasilevsky can be like, all right, I'm good and go back out. Um, players that they re-signed, they re-signed Braden Point even though they didn't need to yet. Um, so this deal doesn't kick into the next off season, but they signed into an eight year, $9.5 million deal. Um, they brought back defenseman Cal foot two years, 850 K per, uh, forward Taylor Radish. They re-signed him. Um, hopefully going to bring him up this year, three years, 758 K. And then they re-signed playoff sensation, Ross Colton to a two year, $1.25 million deal. Um, before Steve gets into the trades and, things like that because Tampa made a lot of trades to move some cap around. Um, my thought for how they get rid of the overage they have right now, either they make a trade that involves someone like Steven Samkos or Victor Hedman becomes the new Nikita Kucherov because it was rumored that Hedman had a really bad injury at the end of the finals. So with one of their trade acquisitions already on LTIR, I think Hedman is going to be the next LTIR addition and then just come back during playoffs like how Kucherov did. You know, what I, you know what I always forget when we do these? What's that? How cold Josh's takes are. Hey, I, <laughs> listen, listen. They've done it for the past two years, I believe. At least last year they did it. So why not do it again? It clearly works. It's not going to be Hedman. I'm telling you that right now. Hedman it, will not, not want to not play. And- not Hedman and Stamkos is not getting traded. Now, I, now well, I'll, I'll I don't, I don't you, think Stamkos is getting traded, but they'd have to trade like a contract. Like now, I'll give you Stamkos gets hurt within the first twenty games and is out for the season. That's that's. But they have to get to those like first twenty games without being over the cap. Kalorn, so someone has to go away. Kalorn yeah, will get hurt. Didn't Kalorn just fracture his whole leg at the end of the finals? Oh, that's true too. I forgot about that. But he only has a cap hit. Uh, it's like four and a half. Yeah, but yeah, they need six. Well. They need six. Yeah, yes, but you're not including uh, one of the trades that I'm about to go into, which gives them, I think, five and a half of space. Well, no, right now they're still at zero. Like they're currently still over, even with the trades that they have done. No, yeah. Yes, because one thing is going on LTIR that's not accounted for yet. No, he's already. Seabrook nope. is already accounted for. I don't believe so. On um, cap friendly, he is. Mother well, of Pearl. Get into the yeah. See, see, Correct. see. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna do it, but they're gonna do it somehow. <laughs> All right, Steve. Get into the trades. Let's break this down. All right. So they made a couple of notable trades this off season. They traded uh, Barkley Goudreau to the Rangers. And they got a seventh 2022 seventh rounder back. Basically, it was a cap dump. He ended up signing three years, 3.6 with the New York Rangers, who still 
have uh, someone living rent free in their minds. For you a know the situation there. For a player who initially was traded for a first round pick. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never worth that. But still, kind of funny. Doesn't matter. They've won back to back cups, so. Yeah. I I think they can do that. They also, this was their biggest quote-unquote trade. Uh, They traded Tyler Johnson, who had $5 million per year with three years remaining on his contract. They've been trying to move him for a couple of years, even putting him on waivers last year. And a 2023 second-round pick with Johnson to Chicago for the corpse, a.k.a. contract of Brent Seabrook who has three years left on his deal for $6.875 million per year. But he is clearly going to be an LTIR player. So basically they did a cap dump, threw in a second round pick to get an LTIR cap relief guy who is probably going to be working for the league like now. Because think about it. If they didn't do that deal, what's 88 point, what's 88 plus five? 93 almost, almost 6.9 actually oh that's it's six, well, no 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 seven, no I'm, I'm talking about johnson because oh, right. if they would have kept johnson johnson could have couldn't go on the ltir anymore because he's healthy again so 88 plus five is 93 million dollars they would have been 11 or 12 million dollars over the cap so it might look silly on the books it's actually a smart move but like i said there's still $6 million over the cap, it, even with Seabrook on LTIR. And I think Tyler Johnson has a decent three years in yeah, Chicago. I, I think he does good in, in Chicago. He's overpaid, but he's still a useful player. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So my question to you guys, because apparently my headman deal is wild. Where do they go from here? What do they do to get that $6 million, 6.8, whatever they need off the cap? so that they can play without any penalties. And this this is assuming that Cap Friendly is accounting that LTR space, which I don't think they, there is, but they are. for argument's sake, let's, it, right let's now say it's that you, you are right and I am wrong. Yes. For argument's sake, because I don't think I am wrong. Until ever, I ever, am. ever, 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 ever times infinity. Even if there's a fire. Uh Honestly, looking at this roster, Kaloran has basically got a bum leg, so he'll probably be the start of it. And then, I don't know, probably a rotating. See who gets hurt first, but probably Cernak maybe, because Cernak's kind of a not great. See a potential Ryan McDonough? I don't think so. McDonough's way too proud to pull a Kucherov or whatever no, but, but a trade. He, he is getting no, no, no. There trade two oh, and he trade? and he is he was battling injury a lot of last season very under I, the radar but I I, I uh, in a normal year maybe I, I think that would make the most sense if they're trying to get you know li- try and live within the actual rules I think they'll find a way around that because McDonough's such a big piece but in a normal situation, that would make sense because Hedman, McDonough, and Sergachev are all left-shot defensemen. So they're all top, at least either top pair or 
top four defensemen, one's probably going to go, and it's not going to be Svech or not Sveshnikov, uh, Sergachev. Did I say Sveshnikov before? I don't you care. Did. Yes, I, I did. did. Whatever. It was, Sergachev. It, it was Sergachev. Words are hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, Hedman and Sergachev are not leaving Tampa ever unless they can't re-sign them when their contracts are done. They're, they're Russian. Can I just call him Boris? Because every Russian response to Boris, apparently, according to my Webster youth hockey team back when I was playing U16. I, I, I don't know if that's okay to say. I, but I'm it's Polish, fine. and they, they thought I was Russian, so they oh, just called fun. me Boris all year. <laughs> anyway, so Tampa is clearly still in quite a bit of a pickle. I mean, are you in a pickle if you've won two cups in a row? Not really, but... They need to get under the cap or else they're going to have penalties for years to come. And With that kind of pickle, you don't want to give them a nickel. Okay. Well, yeah. I All also, right. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a like low key sense, I don't think they care if they have penalties too. Yeah. But at the same time, that's kind of, they had their, they had their lazy. They, I think. They'll yeah. take the penalties if they can continue to put out the best team that they can put out. That at that point, though, is a little, a little. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, with that said, Stephen, oh, Stack, if you have anything to cue in, we haven't really heard from you much this segment, then we'll go to lines. No, well, I mean, they're going to be pretty good again. They'll probably make the playoffs unless, you know, they keep that someone big out of the lineup again, whoever it may be. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be – Winning again, but then again, we said that last summer, so who the fuck knows? <laughs> yeah, so looking at their lines for next year, very, very top-heavy as, you know, they don't really have a lot of cap space to fill out their lineup, but they're still going to be absolutely nasty because their center depth is unreal. They have three first-line centers, basically. So uh, we threw these together. We have Stamkos with Kalorn and Kucherov for the first line. Uh, Braden Point centering Andre Palat and Corey Perry. Hurts me to put Corey Perry on the second line, but as you'll see, their right wingers are kind of um, non-existent. Uh, third line, Anthony Sorelli, very, very underrated center right there. Uh Centering Ross, as Luke said, was a breakout player in the playoffs. Ross and, Colton, uh, not Ross. Oh, crap. His last name is Colton. <laughs> Damn it. Close uh, enough. <laughs> whatever. He'll be the next small, random, late-round pick that Tampa pulls out of obscurity. Uh, and then right-winger Barry Boulay. Fourth line, you got Joseph centering Patrick Maroon, who will be go- trying to go for his fourth Stanley Cup in a row, which is just absurd. I and, bet uh, you he gets traded to a like the team that's gonna like if if Colorado like looks like they're gonna win it, or if like somebody else, whatever like team it is, Maroon's going there. Like no doubt in my mind for like a seventh round pick. Like Tampa's just gonna be like, all right, bro, we'll do you a solid. <laughs> Unreal, uh, and then uh, Belmar to finish out the forward lines uh defense we're looking at headman and i threw in cal foot here i think uh you know headman was always playing with one of the weaker defensemen basically covering that up two years ago he was playing with bogosian a lot uh last year he's with someone i can't even i don't even remember he was with jan ruda a lot last year 
Thank you. Especially in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, second pair has been pretty solid with McDonough and Sergachev. And then third pair, I've got Ruda or Bogo in with a uh, noted douchebag, Eric Cernak, who uh, Darlene headbutted his elbow, apparently. And that's why I didn't get suspended, douchebag. Uh, and then Vasilevsky getting backed up by Brian Elliott. So Vasilevsky playing 70 games and Elliott playing 12. Got it. No, 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 no. Fine. No, no, no. Vasilevsky. With that stacked of a lineup, do you really think he needs to play? It's not like it's Patrick Lean and the whole team is built on Ryan Miller making 45 saves a night. So when <laughs> Lean goes in there way past his prime, he gets shelled. No, he's going to get like 25 shots. 10 high danger chances and they'll let in three and they'll win like six, four. Yeah, you're right. I just know Vasilevsky is going to play most of the season. Cause that's how they do it in Tampa. Yeah, pretty much. Now let's go to the team that I'll be rooting for out of Florida all year. New fan. You're only a new fan because of the trades that they made. And oh, okay, let me put it this way. I never hated them. And out of the 16 teams in the East, I hate like 13 of them and 14 when the Sabres piss me off. So I hate 14 nine the presence <laughs> in my life. And now they have players I like. Yeah. So as we continue our trip down, getting to the bottom of Florida, we're hitting the Florida Panthers who currently have 1.3 million in cap space with 80.1 million as their current cap hit. They have made a lot of trades and a lot of movement this offseason. They might actually finally be a decent team. We, we've, we, <laughs> yeah, to be fair, to be fair, we've said it every, like almost every year, the, the team that is always on the cusp. They have good players, they can never put it together. So maybe oh, this yeah. year they can. I think to, they put it together this time. <laughs> to, to, to be fair, to be, to fair, be fair, they they were they gave Tampa the best run for their money. They yeah. they played better against them than even Carolina did, and we thought Carolina was going to be the class of the East or at least one of the best challengers. Mm-hmm. And it's not their fault they had to play Tampa Bay in the first round. Right. Um so to break down some of this movement not a lot of it came in free agency. They have no RFAs to left to sign. The only notable free agent that they went out and signed is 41-year-old Jumbo Joe Thornton, Stacks arch nemesis, um, to a one-year $750,000 deal. Um, the players that they re-signed, uh, Carter Hagee, they who really came onto the scene with them last year, uh, to a three-year $4.1 million per year deal. Um, like I said, he really, really showed his stuff last year. Um, and then defenseman, former Saber, Brandon Montour to a three-year, $3.5 million deal. Um, like I said, the only real big player was Joe Thornton in free agency. Um, Stack, care to comment on your uh, bearded friend from uh, the Maple Leafs? Not kindly. So, <laughs> therefore, I will refrain. <laughs> so... Like I said, uh, a lot of it came in trades. Steve, you want to break some of those down for us? Yeah, sure. But first, you know, you can't fault Joe Thornton for going to the Panthers because all he's doing 
is getting paid while he searches for the right retirement home to buy and <laughs> you know, just chill because, you know, he is going to be an old Florida man. He's about to be 42. <laughs> Are you He's right? Like he just came out of the, out of the freaking uh, bayou in there, the swamps. He probably did. He probably going to go there before each game. They're going to ask for his ID when he's walking into the rink. And he's like, dude, no, like go back to your crocodile farm. Like seriously. Sorry. Alligator. What? Okay. All right. (laughs) I'm sure there's one in Florida. Let's be real. It's fucking Florida. I mean, (laughs) Hey, that's where our buddy, uh, Joe exotic came from. No, he was in Oklahoma. Oh, I, no, that bitch Carol Baskin was in Florida. <laughs> Carol Baskin. <laughs> oh god. god. He killed her husband. How did we how did we Okay, I I, I brought us there. That's okay. On let's you. let's get back. Moving on, on to the trades that you Florida made. Down a rabbit hole. <laughs> how did we get here says the man who brought it there. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually Hey, that's how teachers recap, isn't it stack? It's Dude, that, how... that's the definition <laughs> of the yes. meme where the guy shoots the guy in the chair. It's like how how could this possibly happen? You did it. <laughs> Who would You're shoot welcome. such a man? You just did. <laughs> Anyways, the trades. Let's start out with the one that really hit us in the feels as Sabres fans. So draft night. Let me paint you a picture. Draft night. Uh, Rasmus Ristolainen had been traded during the day. Gave us a lot of hope for the Sabres with Kevin Adams making a fantastic trade. For the team way more Philly overpaid for wrist aligning amazingly. We'll go into that another time, but we had high hopes then at like 11 45 PM as the first round is starting to wrap up. We get tweets from Elliot Friedman saying Sam Reinhart to Florida details to follow. And then so they didn't all, follow. I'm sitting on pins and needles, like, all right, what's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? I'm literally scrolling, constantly refreshing my phone. It is absurd. Finally, one o'clock rolls around. We still don't have shit. So I'm like, all right, screw this. I may be on vacation, but even I have limits. So go to bed. Wake up the next day. Still don't have the details because somebody in this trade was sleeping, and it wasn't Sam Reinhardt. And considering there was one, only one other player in the deal, it was someone who came back. Uh, what Levi, whatever his first name, Devin is, Levi, Devin Levi, Devin Levi, and Florida's lottery protected or top no, it's top ten protected first round pick in twenty twenty two goes back to Buffalo for Samson Reinhardt. Ah. Uh, I'm sorry. It just, I'm going to miss Reinhardt so much. He's a great player. And just uh, for a second, I thought we were going to Anton Lundell and it just so, took the wind oh, out that of been amazing. So in the, in the words of Steve, pain. <laughs> hey, yes. Um, Sam Reinhardt. Three days did, grace pain. <laughs> Sam Reinhardt did end up re-signing with the team for a three-year million deal, uh, 6.5 million per. Um, After this contract, he goes back home to Vancouver and gets behind Elias Patterson there and finishes his career there. 
to know to finish the pain train and then go on to other things. Sam Reinhardt was quoted saying there was no disconnect with him and Adams. They were literally just off on like a couple years of term. I think it was like he wanted to stay in Buffalo. What what happened? What happened was last year was the last straw when they gave him a one year deal. He wanted to go long-term the whole time. Botterill gives him a three-year bridge deal. All right, whatever. Then pandemic hits when his contract's up. So they're like, oh, we can only go one year. But you tossed $8 million at frickin' Taylor Hall when you should have been signing Reinhardt long-term. So once again, they didn't believe in Sam Reinhardt. Then at the end of the season, proves that he can be a second-line center in this league, at least. Because he was the Sabres' most consistent player and was a top 10 goal scorer in the league this year on one of the worst teams since Colorado got like 39 points in a season. If we want to get real technical, he outscored Alexander Ovechkin, the guy who's rivaling the greatest hockey player of all time on the goals total. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we hmm. expect great things from Sam Reinhart in Florida. And that is why I will be rooting for them. Besides the fact they've been a benign presence in my life, but let's go on to the other trades. Uh, this happened at the deadline, but they acquired Sam Bennett and a sixth round pick for prospect Emil uh, Heinemann and a 2022 second round pick. So basically a prospect and a second round pick for Sam Bennett and Bennett immediately turned into a great top six player for them. He uh, really turned it on, found his niche with the team. So we're expect also expecting him to have continue that success. Uh, they also acquired Anton Strallman. Or oh no no they shipped sorry they shipped out Anton Strallman who had five and a half left on a one year deal. Uh, sent him to Arizona. You mean uh, Quebec? Hey hey yeah. not yet. Please bring back next, the Nordiques. Next yeah. off season. Ba- basically. For, they got a 2023 uh, seventh-round pick for Strawman. Uh, this guy, who, his name I can't even pronounce because there's so many uh, vowels here. It is <laughs> Koli Kolala. He's Russian. <laughs> He's a Russian. He's Boris. He, they traded another <laughs> Boris and a second-round pick. So basically cap dumps all around. Uh, some other guys they lost through free agency. Uh, Keith Yandel signed with Philly. Alex Wenberg, uh, forward, signed with Seattle. Uh, Strom was a trade, and Chris Drieger was picked in the expansion draft. So basically, they'll be rolling with Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight as their goaltender tandem. Which is completely fine. Basically, uh, it was a done deal beforehand that he was going to get picked. Even though I'm sure they would have rather them taken Bobrovsky, but you know they're not going to do that because they're not. Ron Francis is not that dumb. Speaking, yeah, stick, spe- sticking with the Buffalo guys, they also re uh, re-signed Brandon Montour. I, I said that before, but speaking of funny Seattle goalie things, I saw a meme earlier, and it said uh, it was uh, Ron Francis when he sees that Carey Price will be ready for camp, and it's just a guy going, "Well, fuck." <laughs> <laughs> Like, like Ron Francis could have had Carey Price. Yeah, that and oh, that they, whole thing he would have been dumb to pick him, honestly. Well, it was all a front by Mark Bergevin yeah. and the Canadians' ownership to just be like, oh, oh, he's totally hurt. 
He totally might not play next season, just like Shea Weber. You guys really shouldn't take him. It's not worth it for you. But Wanda they lost out on the camera. Yeah, they won. Um, they won, lost out on a face of the franchise, and two lost out on an elite goaltender at least for next year. Maybe who knows? I think I think they're Seattle's still gonna be sitting pretty though with Phil Grubauer and Chris Dreiser as their one-two. Oh, absolutely. So I think I think Carey Price maybe for one season would have been great there, but they wouldn't have been they wouldn't have been able to sign Grubauer to the contract they did. Right. But Anyways. they also, to be fair, they wouldn't have needed to. To be fair. To be fair. Let's go back to Florida. Uh, so the most interesting part of this whole team is just like Carolina, it's their goaltending situation. So they have Bobrovsky signed for five more seasons at $10 million per and their blue chip goaltending prospect, Spencer Knight proved to maybe be better than him last year. Probably, probably better than him. Definitely better uh, than him. Yeah. We'll we'll get into it when we get the lines, but what do you guys think of that situation? I think Spencer Knight (laughs) makes the push this year to be the number one and Bobrovsky will be his backup and Bobrovsky will be a backup goaltender being paid $10 million. Let's also not forget, I'm not saying he's a fantastic goalie. They also have Sam Montembeau in the AHL. I don't think he's better than Spencer Knight by any means no. at all, but he is better. I think he could be better than Bobrovsky. I he think he's at the goal. same level as Bobrovsky when Bobrovsky's at his worst, above average. Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. I, I wasn't saying Montembeau was that good yet, but I think they also have Christopher Gibson, who's not a bad. He's he is an AHL goal at best. Guys, guys, after every glove save where he whistles it, does he wag his blocker finger at the opposing player and go, no, 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 not today. I'm sorry, Montembo, Matumbo. Yes. I thought you were going to go, no, 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 Montembo. I thought you were going to go that route, but never mind. Yes, Steve, we get what you're saying. Yeah, no, Cue goalie, another boo. The, the goalies, the goalies there are just—it's bad. It's all bad. Well, it's not bad, but well, it's, it's not like, bad. It's just a poor allocation of resources. Yes. and you can blame that and Dale, the dumbass talent. If Bobrovsky was I making will patent the nickname "dumbass" as his middle name, I swear if, to God. If Bobrovsky was making six or seven million, he'd still be three or four million overpaid. Right, but it would look a lot better. No, he's still terrible. It would look a little bit better. It would look a little bit better than ten million, <laughs> especially because they yes. right now if only you chop have... my leg off at the knee. It would be a little better than chopping it halfway through my femur. It's You're it's still gonna fucked. it's gonna hurt when they have to restart resigning people because they only have one point three in cap right now. So well, they, they gotta this year. I'll be, they I'll gotta be able to make some moves. So. As far as how good they're going to be, let's take a look at their lines. So we've got a we. So what I try to do with these guys, instead of trying to go, you know, NHL, uh, NHL twenty whatever, assistant coach best lines, I try to actually balance these out because I know these players a little more than the other two teams. So I went with. Barkov centering Huberdo and Patrick Hornquist. Uh, Luke brought up that Hornquist, while has lost a step, 
with the dominance of Barkov can still be the net front presence, the guy who grinds it out in the corners. And that's a similar style that Huberdeau does play because he's more of a power forward than a skill guy. And Barkov is a very underrated do-it-all type player. So Barkov is a top 10 center in the NHL. Oh yeah, easily. Top five when he's on. Uh, Second line, I got Sam Reinhardt at center because he is indeed a center. Who is a top 20 center. (laughs) Anthony Duclair on his left wing, who has history with dating back to the World Juniors back when uh, he he was playing with him and uh, Curtis Lazar, I believe it was. Uh, And then Owen Tippett, a surprise top six addition, uh, 10th overall pick back in, I want to say, 2016. Uh, 17. All right, whatever. 16 or 17. One of those years. No, it definitely was 2017. Uh, I think, never mind. Yeah, 17, 10th overall. Anywho... Uh, he, he's a great offensive talent with a great shot that Reinhardt being more of a disher, even though he did score a lot of goals last year, he is primarily a, uh, a guy who brings the best out of his teammates. And he is a very underrated passer, which we got to know in Buffalo. Uh, third line, we got Connor Verhage analytics, darling, who Florida has knocked it out of the park with, with giving him a shot. Uh, centering the third line with Sam Bennett, their Swiss Army knife, and uh, Frank Petrano, who is overpaid for what he makes, but is still a good player, especially uh, on that third line with a couple of studs. Fourth line, we've got, oh, sweet mother of God, Lusterainen, Lusterainen, whatever. He's probably Finnish. Bite me, I ain't a Euro. Uh, centering left wing, uh, new soon to be retired Florida man, Joe Thornton. And, uh, I don't know his first name, but Achari on his right. Uh, it's an interesting line. I, Jumbo just doesn't really fit anywhere, but there's no way they're going to stick him in the stands. However, they did give almost give the ball stab to, uh, uh, Keith Yandel. Thank you. Keith Yandel. So, uh, Joel Quinville has no problem being the fuck you guy. Uh, defense, we're looking at Uyghur paired with Ekblad, Forsling with Montour, Nudavaro with Gudis, and then I have Knight starting over Bobrovsky. Almost definitely. So the the weakness on this team, because they're for they have great forward depth, it's gonna be their defense. And I think what they're doing is they're counting on either Spencer Knight or Bobrovsky to pick up the slack there. So they'll be a fun team to watch because it's going to be an offensive onslaught. They're also going to be counting on Barkov being a former Selkie winner, being a very sound two-way player. He's very good in his defensive zone as well. So they can pair that they're the third pairing or second pairing or whatever, have Ekblad break and have Barkov basically in a sense be an extra defenseman. And even if he wasn't a defensive, uh, great defensively, he controls the play so much offensively. He doesn't really need to play defense. Exactly. That goes into part of his numbers, but he is also when he's in the D zone, you don't have the puck very long because he takes it from you. 
Also, Sam Reinhardt is very underrated in the defensive zone and great at controlling play. So rolling those as your top two centers, fantastic. And then Connor Verhage, analytics darling, he always wins his shot share. So expect you're going to win more than you'll lose with him on the ice. So that's three great centers that they roll with. And center depth is everything in this league. Yeah, so we'll see if Florida really make a push this year. They'll probably tr- really try to push for a top three finish in the Atlantic stack. Yeah, before we close out this segment, um, this whole podcast today has made me realize that whereas Buffalo and their players who never panned out but pan out elsewhere is the West, Toronto's is the South. Um, mostly, well, for starters, um, Anton Strawman, who we mentioned, played in Tampa for the longest time. Leafs draft pick, traded to Tampa. Um, even talking Carolina, there was Levo, there was Jake Gardner, um, now Freddie Anderson. Um, Levo was a guy sewered by Babcock, who we all saw as fans. Had a ton of potential, great shot, big body, never got a shot. Does pretty good elsewhere, but his value was higher before Babcock took over. Um, And in Florida, Mason Marchment, who's uh, we didn't mention, but could fit in on the fourth line, has played up and down their lineup and did last year. Leafs draft pick. Traded there last year for Dennis Mulligan, who Leafs did not qualify uh, this year, this season, um, because mostly he's not good enough, frankly. Um, Mason Marchman, or well, I just said Mason Marchman. Yeah. Besides him, uh, Carter Verhage, Leafs draft choice, thrown into a trade, I believe, when the Leafs acquired Michael Grabner from the Islanders. Or it might have been when they traded away Fanuf's contract to Ottawa and just threw players. They threw away five players or more in both of those trades. Carter Verhage was one of those guys. Never got a job anywhere else. Thanks to the lovely tools of Cap Friendly, you can look at a player's trades. So the Toronto Maple Leafs acquire Michael Grabner Ah, from the New York Islanders for... The Islanders acquire Matthew Finn, Christopher Gibson, Tom Nilsson, Taylor Beck, and Carter Verhage. And then he was yeah. traded to Tampa Bay from the Islanders for some guy I've never even heard of. Yeah. And then picked up by Florida. Right. And just for the record, uh, I'm not sh- if he was a Toronto draft pick, I'm not, not sure how he got there, but Strawman was with New York where he made his name and then signed as a free agent with Tampa. Right. And alongside that, now cup winner, Curtis McElhaney, most recently played with Toronto before that and was a backup. Behind Freddie Anderson, those couple years, they never did anything. made it out of the first round. So, in closing this, pain. <laughs> yes. So, that being said, as you know, it's coming to the end of summer. We took our last little final trip down south to get away and enjoy some tropical weather as we looked over Carolina, Tampa, and Florida. 
We'll see how they do this year and how the Southern teams do. But we're going to jump into some closing time now as we're running out of time here on the Frozen Four pod. So, Stack, what you got for us for closing time? So, during our segment where we talked about Anton Strawman and how he got traded to Arizona, I realized that since our last recording, some news has come out that in Glendale, the crew or whoever owns the fucking arena that the garbage ass coyotes play at did not renew their rights for after next season. So basically uh, the coyotes don't have anywhere to fucking play. So it's either they find somewhere else in and around the Phoenix area or they relocate, which is the biggest fucking joke ever that Gary Batman's brainchild and one of his major achievements during this reign of his as commissioner is about to fucking sewer out of a deal that realistically had all they could have ever wanted all of the all anything I mean fuck they started with Wayne Gretzky as their head coach like what more have they been afforded by the NHL along with Jeremy Roenick as their star like player yeah and they did fuck them out of the mcichael uh sweepstakes by having them uh having edmonton jump to number one which put them from second to third so they ended up with dylan strom yikes however my prediction houston because it's like the fourth biggest market in the u.s before that um thank god well besides being afforded third in that draft instead of where they should have probably been higher. They were stupid enough to take fucking Strom over Marner. Marner was the pick directly after Dylan Strom to Toronto. And as much as I hate him right now, I more so hate Ferris. I really don't hate him that much as a player, but still. Um, Yeah. I mean, if anything else, uh, thanks Arizona for inspiring Austin Matthews to play hockey. Um, instead of baseball and uh, hopefully either Hartford, Quebec, or I mean, Houston would be cool, but then like two Texas teams. I don't know. I just hope it's not Arizona again. Good. Here's my relocation mind map. So the Atlanta Thrashers became what is now the Winnipeg Jets. The Arizona Coyotes used to be the Winnipeg Jets. So you take the Arizona Coyotes and you put them in Atlanta and you complete the Jet circle. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> okay, Steve, what you got for closing time? Wait, wait, Josh. I mean, it's brilliant that? except for the fact that Atlanta has failed twice. To I don't put care. A team there. I don't care. They're fun. Okay. Their, their Twitter account's fun. They literally had their mascot arrested so they could sell tickets. Like, Did you watch that urinating tree video too? No. On YouTube? No. Oh, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. I mean, I know urinating tree is the creator. It's not like I'm just saying urinating tree out of nowhere. <laughs> but he does videos on all of the four major sports and even sometimes others in America. Uh, he's a Penguins guy, I believe, but he and Steelers guy. But he did a breakdown of... Well, he premised it with the Coyotes are probably going to fucking relocate. 
here's the last team that had to relocate. And it, he did a whole breakdown of the Thrashers and the Flame, the Atlanta Flames. Um, sort of brought this whole thing full circle. But I would love to see them try in Atlanta again. One and there's time. no better time than now, really, under a good management organization. Because that's one thing he talked about in the video was there's like a Atlanta spirit, like amalgam of like multi-millionaire dudes who really had no stake in Atlanta because they were all from up north. That's like how, for that's money like how Arizona. stuff down in Atlanta. That's so. what Arizona's like now. We can do a deeper dive on Arizona another day. Um, a friend of ours and myself did a final project on them um, last semester in college. So we can break Arizona down all day long because they're a shit show. Um, but other than that, we can get back to closing time now. Steve, I believe you were next. Yeah, so I uh, teased this in our opening. Uh, there is going to be an addition to my household. Uh, besides the fact that on September 1st, I'm getting the fuck out of this house and moving to another one. Also going to be within about a mile of a hospital. So, you know, it, it you definitely makes need sense. That. No, knowing me, it makes sense. But on September 3rd, me and my wonderful girlfriend are going out to Victor to pick up a cat. We have officially Aww. adopted a cat that, hey, we had to twist the arm of our new landlords to let us have a cat. So, and we don't have the time or the money for a dog. Trust me, we'd both rather have a dog. But, d- d- dude, I'm looking at you, Josh. Get over yourself. I'm a dog guy, okay? Hey, I, I miss, no it's shit. okay. I do miss you, my kids. Do you have a dog? Didn't, didn't do, Laura? Do, do you yourself, did you buy a dog? No. So... No. Didn't Laura yeah. get a dog, though? Her parents have one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, my bad. Like I said, we don't have the time or the money to afford a dog right now. So we are starting our little zoo at home with a cat that is about, like, eight months to a year old. She has five kittens herself, and she is adorable. Uh, she meowed at me twice, which I will hold over Laura's head for all eternity. What's her name gonna be? Her name is gonna be Stella. Oh. S-T-E for Steve, L-A for Laura. Stella. And Aww. Stella like the beer. And Okay, I'm going with that. <laughs> Laura can tell people her her reason because that is that is how she came up with the name. But I'm gonna say, yeah, it's because I like the beer. Before we move forward, one dope name, two cats are the best. I will stand by that. Blasphemy. I miss my kitties. Blasphemy. I miss my kitties. I, I am 100% old. a dog person, but I, I am excited to uh, bring Stella home. When you're a lazy asshole like me, cats just fit right in. So That's a good point. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> that being good... said, though, Josh, what you got for us for closing time? Um, I have one fun thing. I was uh, notified yesterday that I'm going to be going to the final Bills preseason game tomorrow. Or, well, well, when you guys listen to this, it's going to be Friday. So, yeah, tomorrow, Saturday, the 28th. So that's fun. Um, maybe I'm going to see uh, – I know I'm going to see Josh Allen because he's going to start. It was told today that he was going to start. Maybe I'm going to see Aaron Rodgers. That'd be cool. 
Um, no idea where I'm sitting. No idea when I'm leaving. It's, it's not planned out at all. But I'm going. I know that much. TFTI, bro. I, I got I, I literally got invited last minute. They had one extra ticket, so I'm excited. Um, other than that, not too much is going on. Uh, a couple of things going on on the back burner that I don't really want to talk about yet because I don't want to jinx myself and like nothing's official. So I'm gonna hold on to it for a couple more weeks. Um, but one thing that is official is this is the 99th episode of the Frozen Four podcast. So for those of you that can count, next episode will be the hundredth. We have something very big and special planned for the 100th episode that we've all been working on pretty hard. Um, it's going to come out not next week, the week after, but it, I, should I say what it is, Luke? Um, honestly, nah, we're going to keep them hanging. All right. All right. We're going to leave you hanging on that, but it's going to uh-huh. be, it's going to be an awesome episode. You guys are going to love it. Um, those of you who've been here since day one are going to love it. Those of you who are new are going to love it. It's, it's awesome. So with that, ba- basic basically, uh, if you want to get a feel for how our show is, you're gonna want to listen to our next episode. Yeah, yeah, yes. that's pretty. That's pretty good. I like yeah. it. That being said, all I really got for closing time is, um, you know, like I said, I'm going to the academy next week, so we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, I pass it. I doubt that I won't. So. With that, like Josh said, we have a very special episode coming for you guys just a few weeks away. Me and Josh are going to be putting in a lot of work for it, and Steven Stack as well put in a bunch of work to help us out with it, and it's a fun time, and you're not going to want to miss it. So You're being too gratuitous. I really haven't done shit for this, so <laughs> big thanks to you three for carrying the fucking load here. Honestly. Hey, you're getting ready to be to go to do student teaching thing, so no hard feelings on that. Good yeah. luck to you on that coming up, because I know that's going to start soon. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so I'm so excited there. Load, feel free. That being said, like I say every week, be safe, be smart, go watch hockey.